A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So any conversation you might have is not for nothing. Hello and welcome to Not For Nothing. My name is Kyle Leon Henderson and today I have a very special guest again. Just like last week, she was a music lover and a writer and this week she's also an avid therapy goer because I needed her to be on the show and talk about (laughs) therapy. So hello to Sarah Cooper. Hello, I'm not going to wave this time because no one can see me. (laughs) So how are you love? I am good. Well, I just came off hot out of my uh, therapy session just now because, yes, I've been still going to therapy ever since we did the therapy episodes last summer. Um, And so it really was last summer. It's been a year. (laughs) It's been almost nine months since we started the therapy stuff. Uh, That's just the nature of 2020, 2021, COVID and everything that goes with that. That's where we are. But yeah, I was doing therapy through, I started therapy and everybody who's listened to the show knows that I was very tentative and very, you know, apprehensive just because I've never done it. And it's just this big, huge elephant in the room thing that, you know, something to, to tackle. And I did. And then my dad died and lost some friends, lost my job and just life generally fell apart. 2020 and happened. 2020 <laughs> happened and all that comes with it. And so, yeah, I wanted to bring you back and talk about some therapy because uh, my therapist told me today that I'm ready to graduate out of ongoing scheduled biweekly therapy. So, yay! that means I'm cured, right? No, (laughs) no, that means you go from whatever you want to call yourself to maintenance dosing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like you had your loading dose. Like we do this a lot in in medicine, I assume. And no, and human, you make loading doses and then you go to maintenance dosing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where I'm at. So where are you in your life with therapy? Are you maintenance dosing? I'm pretty much maintenance. Um, I have had a few times like this past year. I, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've talked about this on here. I, for lack of a better term, it fucked up my meds, um, <laughs> which is not good because I found out years after taking them all together that something I take for my an anti-inflammatory take because I have arthritis in my jaw and inflammation, mm-hmm. pain issues, that one of those medicines I take, I should not take at the same time as my antidepressant, which I take all my meds at night. because So you decided to forego the mental medicine. <laughs> Because you're like, oh, this is this is what I need to do to <laughs> stop the mental medicine. I ended up inadvertently kind of missing several days in a row, and it messed me up. And so yeah. when that happened, my therapist is like, "I'll see you next week." Yeah, <laughs> kind of deal. So I'm right. basically at maintenance, roughly once every three to four weeks, kind of fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. Pandemics made I think it hard on everybody, so it's probably gone down to closer to every other week because of that. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's nothing like sticking people with control issues and anxiety into an international crisis. <laughs> and isn't it the truth? Like, and, and I see that because I do d- daily, or I do vaccination at Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. as I've said on this podcast. Because yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't plan on saying anything that's untoward for any reason or whatever, but Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. And out in the field, out in the parking lot where we do this, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of that because you see a lot of everybody's like, like you see human behavior 
on full display. Like it is like yeah. taster's choice buffet style human behavior. Do you want right. somebody who's nice? Do you want somebody who's an asshole? Do you want somebody who's going to be a control freak? Uh, yeah. You know, and I do see it. And, and I'm glad that you said that because that keeps me understanding. Because, I mean, some people are real rude. And I'm just like, okay. Back to basics. I don't think about that on the out yeah. in the parking lot. But yeah, they're control freaks because they need to control something. Yeah. And I get that now. So that was a fun moment right there. But yeah, you have a lot like I I've talked about this briefly. My grandfather's ninety three years old. Mm-hmm. Um and my dad works with the public. I work with the public. My sister in law works with the public. And so it kind of hit this overdrive of I want, my grandfather's my last grandparent that's alive. I yeah. want him to stay alive and healthy. Um, but it also, you know, this pandemic has crippled a lot of elderly people because senior centers closed. They can't see their family, the nursing home, mm-hmm. you know. So you have all these things and it just led to mental exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that. I just don't know anybody who's not gotten some type of mental exhaustion this year and it's like and then i don't know and then like it's interesting that we all have the exact same mental exhaustion Mm -hmm. but then every single person on it like the mental exhaustion that we all experience this year Mm -hmm. is like our fingerprint it's like your mental exhaustion it's so weird that you have such mental exhaustion that is so different from mine and you know and just like everybody's is different like it's like wow it's like yeah. everybody's having their worst year personally kind of thing. You it know? is. And it really, and I think I also feel for anyone in the mental health field because they have their own anxieties and fears. Yeah. And then they're having to try to take on their clientele's anxieties and fears who, yeah. you know, I mean, people go to therapy for relationship problems because they have a mental illness because they need coping skills. They don't, you know, interpersonal problems. And then you have to like take all those bottom those basic levels like why you're there and then you're going to add on a pandemic then you're going to add on the fact that you're now Mm -hmm. doing therapy either on the phone or on video yeah and see that's my and that's interesting because i don't know anything but that what we're doing right now because for the listeners who don't know we talked about a little bit on the last episode the program we used we used to record remotely sarah Mm -hmm. you're in huntsville alabama i'm in burbank california it used to be just like pop in and it's like a phone call. And then they yeah. added the video component. And yeah. you are, you're never ready for the video component. No. You're like, oh, I hate this. Um, and that's the universal you, not me, ju- just me. Right. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It, it's kind of like 60, 40. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. You, the 60 is never ready yeah. for this. But, um, but that being said, the way that we're talking right now mm-hmm. is the only way that I know how to do therapy yeah. because I've never sat with somebody to do therapy in yeah. that way. And for me, like this is a perfect example. It's it. You have like when I go into my therapist's office and I've been I've had technically three my whole life and they all have offices of different design mm-hmm. and layout. Um, never had one of the Shays on just where I like lay out and describe right. the home, although that's a like fantasy. Freud. Like, Tell <laughs> yeah. me about your dreams. Right. Um, but like perfect example, a few weeks ago I was having a therapy session. I was supposed to have my new bed delivered. They showed up 30 minutes early oh, and I'm dear. in the middle of a therapy session and I'm, and I just came back and I'm like, this never happened when I came to your office. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then if, then last week I'm in my living room. You know, I'm just sitting on my couch. I have my laptop on the table and 
I have a doorbell camera ever since my house broke into it's not ring my doorbell and I'm like I'm not answering this I don't know and then I just see a person in my backyard and I just kind of looked at her and I was like there's a gentleman in my backyard I give me just a second turns out it was the Comcast guy trying to find the cable for whatever for somebody else who's getting your therapist your therapist must be like every time we get together this lady's got something going on in her house apparently i'm not the only one though because she said i'm like again this wouldn't happen if i was in your office but yeah so it's just kind of you have life now interjected you have your pets you have people who have to figure out how to cope with having you know virtual sessions who all Mm -hmm. hate it and i've told her i was like i hate this i get it I hate it. It, See, I and I the ritual I would was hate the helped phone me. call. I would hate just yeah. like I'm just like I don't know because the phone. You know, I think if there's some there's something intimate about holding the phone to your ear and having the person talk directly into your yeah. ear. And I'm I, just like that's and that's why some that's why people love podcasts because they don't have to interact <laughs> with them, but it's somebody in their ear. Yeah listening and that and that's it's like a friendship it's like a built-in friendship yeah. so that is okay but like just a talking i don't was, i don't know you like that you need to yeah. be over there I where to, i can see you i had to do that once because my work schedule changed and my off day switched yeah and i had to take my lunch in my car and i just was like okay sitting in my car at work <laughs> here we go and thankfully i'm not in a space where i'm in crisis or anything mm-hmm. where there are a few times where i cried almost every time i went for one reason or the other yeah. even reasons i couldn't identify and i'm thankfully not there because if i had to go back to work after crying for an hour i'd have been like i'm good guys <laughs> <laughs> right Promise, well, that, not- i remember that happened at work just after it might have been just before dad died i think it might have been just after dad died and after i'd gotten back no it was before because i remember i, I knew he was sick i knew he was dying when I was at work at Starbucks, ugh, mm. roll my eyes, and so I, I needed to go to the bathroom and cry for a little bit, mm-hmm. but both the bathrooms were occupied, so I just went into the back room, and I was like, I'm just going to sit over here and cry for a little while. Please just ignore me, and then I did just start sobbing, and they all just kept going on with their meeting mm-hmm. back there, and I was like, I'm good, thanks, and just went back to work, <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeah. um, but so the therapist, my therapist, um, she said like she, I mean, because I did start seeing her before dad died. I saw Mm -hmm. her, I started seeing her in June and she was talking today. She goes, I mean, she goes, I, as a therapist, this is sort of, sort of self, you know, sort of selfish of me, but I'm just so like, I'm so pleased that mm-hmm. I got to see this full trajectory from you. And I, I saw you come in uncertain. And then I saw you, we started working on what you could do to sort yeah. of help yourself. And then your dad died and like your life just fell apart. And it was like, whoa. And then she said, I saw you put your life together piece by piece and sort of just wake up every day and try to be mm-hmm. positive, try to do better, try to make something of this mess and she said, and now we're here we are. I'm graduating you out of um out of weekly or biweekly therapy. And so she mm-hmm. was it was interesting. And and I asked her, I said, Do you see a change in me? She goes, Well, hell yeah, I see a change in you. She's like, mm-hmm. You are as different as night and day. She said, We were talking about you having the confidence to do things. And now, because I was telling her about because there's a lot going on in mine and Ethan's life right mm-hmm. now. We're moving to a new apartment, a nice big apartment like again in a, in a way that i know you, you always make fun of us because we move you say every six months and that's not true it's every year 
<laughs> every 11 and a half months. Every 11 and a half months, I get a new apartment. Um, but, you know, we are moving to a new place that is more accommodating because we've lived in very tiny places in New York City and here in Los Angeles. And now we're getting to a place, a townhouse. I mean, this is the first time I've said it. And even it, it even feels like a dirty word to say it out loud that I'm moving to a townhouse. Rather than officially a, rather a than sixty-year-old woman, right? I am, and I do not care. <laughs> Just need that I teapot collection, and you're care. good. <laughs> well, you're going to be working on that for me. Yes. Um, but yeah, and just like told her about just the developments in our life, mm-hmm. and yada yada yada, and so she's like, "Yeah, you're doing it." I mean, for you as someone who I talk to on a very, very, very regular basis, you're probably the <laughs> <Weekly>. one person. <laughs> Well, you, I probably talk to you more regularly than I do anyone else on earth. Other Even than your Ethan. mama? Even the mom. I do. Like mm. mom and I, mom, she's, she's hard to get on the phone. Oh. And, and we really, we, we nurture our time together because mm-hmm. she's, she's driving out in the next month to come see me with her sister. Uh, both been on the show. First mm-hmm. episode on grief. If you want to go listen to that, everyone. Um, it's my aunt Sandra and my mom, they're driving out together and we really do nurture our time together when we're together. And I've seen her for two and a half months in the last year. Mm-hmm. So a quarter of a year, you know, I saw her for last year at accumulatively, yeah. cumulatively, not accumulatively, accumulate cumulatively. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so we do nurture that, but I talk to you mm-hmm. more than anybody. That being said, as the person I talk to more than anyone, the second most talked to person in my life other than Ethan um do you see a change in me from last June when I started therapy to now it's hard to say because or is it so is it so much that you talk to me so much that you'd need a bird's eye view and some time in between I'd probably need a bird's eye view if we went for like three weeks without talking every Mm -hmm. you know since every three weeks since June I probably could be like oh yeah but Literally, I'm pretty sure I talked to you two days ago. Right. So, and I, <laughs> so it's a little bit harder to say for sure. Well, and that's the thing. When anything happens in our lives, mm-hmm. we're that's that's the first call. That's one of the first calls. You know, there's yeah. there's Alex and Jesse and your mom, and then there's me. or mm-hmm. And there's Ethan and mom and my friend Michelle and you. So yeah. it's, you know, th- those are those calls that we make. Um, yeah. So, probably didn't even listen to my voicemail that I left you. Did you when leave I, me a voicemail? When? I did. I oh, today. I did. Yes. No, I didn't listen to yeah. it. I will. I'll go back and listen to it. I have, here, I want to show you something. I want to show you something on my phone. T- speaking of voicemails, I go through my voicemails and I see uh, <laughs> I have a ton from you. Sarah, 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 Sarah. How Sarah, many of them have been listened to? Sarah, 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 Sarah. Well, the blue dot indicates I haven't listened to it. So that one I listened to. But the one before it and the one after it, I didn't listen to. And that one and that one and that one I didn't listen to or that one. (laughs) uh, Or that one. There's one in the middle I listened to, but not that one or that one. Or that one or that one or that one or that one. But see, there's two together that I did listen to. And then there's two together that I did listen to. Does it have a date on it? Um, These go back to the 2019. They go all the way back to 2019. <laughs> but I got to listen See, to them before I delete them because I don't know what you said. I don't either at this point. <laughs> you're going to listen to You're going to listen to a voicemail from 2019 and then call me and be like, "Why did you call me on this date about this? What were you going to tell me?" And I'm like, "Hell if I know." 
<laughs> what if you were going to tell me something very important? Like, I would the, say, bitch, answer the phone. The pin number text to my you, safe is 2649. <laughs> I would text you, answer the phone, and call you again. <laughs> well, you never know. So but yeah, so we voicemails. talk a lot. and But I will say that I... I know when you're going through things like mm-hmm. I, I, oh, well, I mean, I know when you're and, going through things, but it's hard for me to pinpoint right. a change. <laughs> but, um, so what do you think about graduation from, th- from that, like that whole concept of graduation and therapy? I mean, I think it makes, I mean, it, you should hopefully, I mean, if I was, again, I've seen my current therapist, I started seeing her in 2012, mm. June of 2012. So it's almost 10 years ago. Well, yeah. almost, it's almost right at nine years. Yeah. And I was seeing her weekly for God knows how long. And she never kind of pointedly said, we're going to stop going weekly. We're going to go to every two weeks. She just kind of started scheduling it out. Like she mm-hmm. go, oh, two weeks from now. Okay. You know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so it wasn't, but I mean, if I was still seeing her every week for the same problems that I went to when I saw her in June of 2012, I might yeah. need a new therapist because that means there's nothing changing. <laughs> well, and my therapist did say, um, I have a lot of clients who do need a lot of guidance. She goes, you never really needed any guidance. You needed a lot of a sounding board right. and probing questions. And that you sort of found those answers on your own. She said, I do need a lot of, uh, or she said, I do have a lot of uh, clients that I do need to give some homework to. I need you to work on this. I need right. you to do this. And she said, you never had that issue. And she said, you were right. always poised and ready to do the work. And I said, and that, that is a fact about me, to, I, sometimes to my detriment that I'm just like constantly looking for ways I can make me better, you know, and right. it's like, stop tweaking, stop tweaking the machine and just go live your right. life sometimes. And that is, I guess that is the other side of that. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you, are you somebody who benefits from homework from your therapist or do you just need a sounding board who will ask you the pertinent questions and allow you to get there yourself? Probably both. Um, I, if I had homework, homework to begin with at this point, I don't remember it. It was a long time ago. I don't remember <laughs> what happened yesterday at work. So, right. um, but a lot of times it is a, it's kind of a, what I call like a check-in, like how are you, you know, are you managing your anxiety? Are you having, cause I'll say this, and this is, I have intrus- intrusive thoughts, which is a very weird thing to have. What do you mean by intrusive thoughts? It's part of, I call it's like paranoia and anxiety. It's like the people who are driving across a bridge and they kind of go, what if I just turn the wheel and drove oh, off the bridge? Oh, you mean like intrusive on yourself, like yeah. intrusive on your day-to-day life. Kind of. And it's those weird impulse thoughts that no one's actually going to do. But you're like, what if I just yanked the wheel? Like, here's a perfect example. For about a month, for no reason, I didn't see this anywhere. It just happened. I became fixated that my cats were going to get in the oven when I was cooking. Oh, my gosh. Or the dryer. That's interesting. Like, compulsively weirded out, like, thinking about it. Even though, logically, they weren't even in the same room. Mm -hmm. So, stuff like that. And it's just, you know... I logically know they're not getting in the oven because one, it's right. hot, <laughs> but like it's You'd that hear them weird... scream and they'd run right back out of it. Right. Well, and it's, I would see it. Like I would have this, <laughs> like I'm I would a, have this. I'm alive and present. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, I would be putting something in the oven. I'm like, oh my God, what if Sweeney gets in? He mm-hmm. didn't because I would have noticed that happening. It's not something you would easily miss. <laughs> well, I will say that Bo once fell into the toilet 
Sweeney did that to me too, but the toilet's yeah. not as dangerous as the dryer or the. That's oven. true, but it's just like it's not completely irrational for them to fall into a, an appliance or yeah, whatever. Is a toilet but, an appliance? I don't think maybe, so. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's plumbing. I don't know, but yeah, I still have like stuff like that, like just completely off the rails. There's no logical explanation for why I'm, I worry about it, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um. So stuff like that, but I don't have anything that's like detriment. Like I feel like if something traumatic on set happened, she would immediately be like, "Okay, we're going back to weekly," you know. Right. But I don't have to worry about that so much right now. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, with my break in, I didn't have to worry about that either. Because yeah, I will say <laughs> while we're talking about therapy and mental health, I will say you handled your break in extremely well. Like, thank you. With a lot of with much more brevity than I thought you were going to handle it. You were like broke in. <laughs> well, because so, it lost was my cat. And <laughs> well, I found my cat um, immediately. But mm-hmm. with that, it was one of those things. Like I just knew I couldn't let it do anything like right i couldn't like people were like well do you need to come stay with me for the night i'm like i cannot be scared to stay in my own home because if you set that principle that night oh yeah who knows when it would have ended right you'd have been staying with your mom for six months defeating the purpose of you living and i I mean in your home right and also if i was here when it happened it might have been different but i wasn't it was just a massive invasion that would have been a full different situation right had you been there yeah that, and i think that's, that's the difference the between a robbery and a burglary yeah so and an assault versus yeah and an assault because i mean i mean but, but it would have never happened if you were right. there because they would have right. seen your car home and been like no, well they no. probably would have knocked on the door and i would have answered right <laughs> so, or i would so. have seen someone out my window and i've been like excuse me why are you in my backyard um <laughs> but yes yeah, so that was immediately just start calling nine one one. yeah but like and I may have said this before, when my grandmother died, it was right around Thanksgiving, and I had a friend who kept saying, when she was bad off, they're like, you need to call your therapist and move your appointment up. And I'm like, no, I'm mm-hmm. fine. You need to call your therapist and move your appointment up. No, I'm fine. And then she died, and I'm like, "Yeah, I need to get in immediately. And I'm just like, <laughs> and right. it, they accommodated me. I mean, I was fully prepared, because I know her receptionist, mm-hmm. maybe her also her business partner, I don't know. And I was just like, I will buy you food. I will bring you lunch. I don't care. I will come at 6 a.m. I don't care. It's so interesting, like, that situation. Is that like a, is that like a sort of a guiding post for you in your life, in your therapy life when your grandma died? Like, a place that's like a marker for you. Like, that was a moment in your therapy that sticks out and will be something that's defining about yourself in therapy. Probably. Just because because I'm your one of your best friends, I'm you know mm-hmm. bestie right here. I remember exactly where I was sitting and where I was, what I was doing when you told me your grandmother died. Like that moment, I remember yeah. profoundly in my life. I would say yes, um, that one, and when my aunt died. Actually, mm-hmm. probably I remember. I I barely remember the dates, but when my aunt and uncle died, because they died almost four months of the day apart. Mm-hmm. My uncle dying was more traumatic in the sense that it was we were not prepared. My aunt had mm-hmm. cancer. Her liver was failing. Her cancer was in her liver. You can't come well, back from that. And <laughs> like, I don't know if this is this is sort of I mean, I don't know. I won't say disrespectful because we are family at this point, you and I. Mm-hmm. But also with your uncle dying, it it there was a there was a factor to it that was different. You they don't have any kids. So mm-hmm. 
Linda died and left stuff to Steve. Mm-hmm. And Steve died and left stuff to you and your mother and your mother's sister, and you had to sift through every bit of it. And well, and your grandmother, e- your grandmother was there too, wasn't she? Yeah, it wasn't just so that. that was, they didn't. So that physicality stuff sometimes is like, oh, that's daunting. It would have been different because, and this is a story for another day. Um, his updated will after Linda died was unsigned, so everything went to his parents. Oh, wow. And they pretended the unsigned will that was sitting on his kitchen table didn't exist. They're Catholic <laughs> hypocrites. I'll go on so, record. Catholic so, hip- hypocrites. So, but you, you knew them like fairly. Like you, y'all knew no, them I didn't well. Know, I didn't know or... them well, well. Um, his um, It's really his father and his stepmother. Um, and I, I'm over the ang- I mean, Linda's, my aunt Linda and her husband had mm-hmm. a very well- established house and family and career um yeah even though they had no children i was the their goddaughter i don't know about on his side of the family their nieces and nephews but they had a lot of things because mm-hmm. they i have a, i have a lot of their stuff <laughs> so i know you've got a lot of their stuff i do um well, i've got a fair amount i've got what's important there was a lot more but my aunt was an antique dealer so she had very nice things mm-hmm. um but the most important thing we got uh, from them when they passed away was their dogs. Yeah. I mean, that was when my mom told me that my uncle had passed away. I said, where are the dogs? Mm-hmm. At first, that was the first thing I said, because those are their kids. And I'll be damned if something happened to them. But um, so I'd say that her him dying so soonly after her was even more jarring. I would say in my therapy, I, th- I don't even remember the conversation I had after it happened. Yeah. Because it was just kind of like whiplash mm-hmm. um but even with the whole thing that went down with his will and everything there was a lot of un there was a lot of anger because then you, you it's all grief is so multifaceted mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you're angry because it happened you're angry because his family is not behaving how they should mm-hmm. and not honoring them um and then you're upset because they're that one side of my family is done immediately you know like yeah gone um, so it's really multifaceted. Um, and that's something I never realized because that you, until you just said it, there's anger that comes with grief. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, I, you know, my dad died and I don't think I ever felt anger and grief. But then I was, but then you said you're angry because his asshole parents aren't acting right. And I'm like, I did feel a lot of anger towards <laughs> a lot of people that was not dad for dying Yeah, in that, in the aftermath. And I'm like, is that what they mean by anger sometimes? Or is that, can that be included in the grief of like, I'm just pissed off at everybody. Not even yes. at the, at the dead because they're dead. Yeah. Like I was never angry. I was never like, why God did you take him from me? Like, yeah. I, cause I mean, you were there since 2016. It's been like one thing after another every mm-hmm. year of just like, Oh you didn't die from that. That's interesting. <laughs> well, so. those, and this is really funny because we know each other well enough. Those calls be like, well, dad's trying to die again. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, you I say that. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, he, I mean, he, you don't survive a blood clot in your heart, but my dad did. No. And you don't Somebody survive did. Was- kidney failure and dialysis for mm-hmm. eight days and then come back yeah. from it. Like nothing happened, but my dad did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
people asked, is it COVID? Did he have, die from COVID? And I'm like, it was COVID related because yeah, it dementia. All stemmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah, so that was just interesting that it, it somewhere there's gonna like, and that's the, that's the the mystery of grief. It's like somewhere there's gonna be anger. Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout because it well, might not be where you think it should be. <laughs> well, because I like when we've now kind of veered more from therapy to right grief, we'll but <laughs> go back to it. But yeah, but like when we Linda, my aunt Linda was alive enough to plan her own funeral. Which happens when you get cancer at 29, 30 years old, mm-hmm. you know, and you live with it almost 30 or 25 years. Um, and so we had this, she planned the funeral she wanted and we were driving to it. And I just said out loud, you know, I have this weird mixture of starvation and nausea. I am so hungry, but if I eat, I'm going to throw up everywhere because I am so up, so upset and nervous. Like it just, and my mom started laughing because she's like, I have the same feeling. Like just, uh-huh. just well, and that, and that, and that, all that to be said is like, sure. Like we have, I mean, that, that's something that I'm very appreciative of you. And I don't even know if you know, this is something special. Oh, don't that, get mushy. N- not really, oh. but you just, okay. you come on the show and you, you speak view your honesty in a way that people don't have the courage to do and and i do the same myself (laughs) well i mean i do the same thing i tell my stories and people see that you and i have been through some shit in our Mm -hmm. lives and we went to therapy for it and that's okay Mm -hmm. and that's and that's what i hope people hearing is like go to i mean you know and even i didn't I didn't have a stigma about therapy. It didn't bother Mm. me the idea of going to therapy. I just didn't do it. So I don't even want people to take the message from you and me talking about therapy of it's okay. It's not, it doesn't mean anything towards you because I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who don't feel that way, but I do believe there's a lot of people who are kind of skeptical or don't know just how much it's going to help, but therapy will help. It will help you sort your life out. So go. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I first went to therapy when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, and that, so that's and, before you're sort of, that's before your brain's developing into an adult. So for sure. So oh, yeah. you're just it was, you're hardwired a, at this point for therapy. I had a storm phobia. And, um, what's funny is my child therapist was actually, my childhood therapist bought her practice, the building, my the pra- her practice was in for my grandmother, because my grandmother was also a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was at my grandmother's funeral, and I didn't get to see her. We just saw her signature in the book, the guest mm-hmm. book. Um, and I didn't even know who it was. And I was like, oh, look, it's so-and-so. And I'm like, who's that? And she goes, you don't remember her? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I didn't know her last name. I was eight. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, but I've even had coworkers before. I would try to explain to them. She goes, you just go and talk to people. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And it's a non, it's an unbiased sounding board of information well, and, and coping skills. Something for me, so this is something that occurs in my life. And this is just, this is true because I'm a talker, you know, I talk a lot and that's, mm-hmm. and I do get self-conscious that have I talked about myself too much in this conversation? Because I just, I feel like I talk about myself too Mm -hmm. much sometimes. And so I'm like, I'm conscientious to Mm -hmm. ask the questions and like, bring me into your story. Tell me you, Mm -hmm. I want them to know that I'm interested and not just some self-centered person who just keeps talking about myself all the time. But I don't don't have to care about that at therapy. I'm just like, she's here to listen about my story. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I'm paying her to listen to my story so I can just talk well, as much as I want. What's good is like you even have someone who will just point out the blatant obvious to you like that. Mm-hmm. You just because you're just like, no one's ever asked me that. I've never even had to think about that. Right. And then you just it's like dumbfounded. Like you have there's great me. If you ever want to find something funny, look mm-hmm. up memes people write about being in therapy. Right. They're so funny because they're so absolutely true and it takes and it's like i'm paying someone so much money to tell me something that clearly just never occurred to me but that's right. life-changing well and it's like it's interesting because for me like like my therapist was saying i have this proclivity towards therapy and like i'm eager to do the work i'm eager mm-hmm. to figure it out for myself i'm eager to just get out of anything that's mm-hmm. bothering me so she'll ask a question i'll answer it and then i'll follow it up with another answer and then i'll follow it up with another comment and then i've realized that that was what i needed to hear all along but she didn't say anything but the question and the mm-hmm. answer i was looking for came out of my own mouth because she asked the exact question and i'm like and now my life has changed <laughs> because you asked me a question that i gave you the answer to that i didn't even know that was the answer to until you <laughs> right. asked that particular question and i'm like oh Oh, okay. And then I'm like, now I'm quoting that thing that I said to my therapist in my everyday life, every day of my life, as if it were something. And I'm like, well, it is something because it came from my head. So, <laughs> and that's what therapy does too. So I, yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm not trying to dispel the, 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 the taboo, the, um, of it all. And like the, the need for people to just like say there's a stigma i'm not trying to dispel that stigma i'm trying to say if you respect people who go to therapy then you should go to therapy yourself because it's Mm -hmm. gonna help just do it so and and there are good therapists and there are bad therapists so you should always try to do your research and find (laughs) one that is geared towards your concerns well and that was something that my therapist was laughing at me about today because i said I've only had one. I had one therapist and I've had so many friends who went to therapy and they just, it was not a match mm-hmm. and they had to go again. And I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know how to search for a therapist. I just, I picked you. There was something about you and it worked. I thought I your little it. program had you narrowed down. It did. I was in a program um, through work and they, they narrowed it down, but I'd never talked to anyone but her. Right. I emailed back and forth with one person. Um, I forget now why. Snotty. I forget I forget why I didn't. I was like, mm, I'm not feeling that. That's something. I thought she was like snotty or something to you in the email, she, like snarky. She did say something like, we can discuss this in your first uh, session. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it was just a question. It was not like an in-depth exploration of something. Goodbye. I'm not going. Yeah. It was something like that. But, um, but... Yeah, so I picked this one. And so I asked her, I was like, are you going to, and she's going to help me yeah. navigate the waters of um, of finding a new therapist when it's time. Because, and the reason I'm going to need to find a new therapist when it's time is because I'm using a, a resource that was available to me from one of my previous jobs um, that because of the way that the calendar year fail, I still can go use this therapy and once that's mm-hmm. over, I'm I'm kind of in this system that allows me to have easy access to a therapist um, for free. And once that's over, once the calendar year gets to a certain point, and once I've used all my sessions, I'm on my own. And I asked her, I was like, yeah. 
would it be possible to see you, you know, on my own in the, in the wild? And she said, I'm going to, in our graduation session, we will, I will help you with all the resources you're going to need to find your next therapist. But this is a success, a therapy success story. And I'm grateful that Mm -hmm. you seem to feel like it's helped. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and, and that's the nature of therapy and we, you and Mm -hmm. I've talked about this. I don't even know if we talked about it on the show, but we've talked about it in our real life. The nature of not getting too close to your therapist and not being a friend to your therapist. Cause I know that my therapist, well, I don't know. I don't know. I say, I know that, that I could be friends with my therapist in real life if it weren't a therapy thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, but I don't know. I don't know who she is. Like, I don't know her. And like she, the only reason, the little snippets of her life that I've gotten, I don't know if she's married. I know Mm -hmm. that she is in Texas through this program. We're doing remote stuff. Mm -hmm. And one time over the course of this COVID stuff, she had to cancel a session because she had a school thing for my little one. And that's all I know. So um, I don't know how many little ones she's got. I don't know how old her little one is. We, I don't know her. So, and thankfully with most, I know most insurance programs and a good therapist, if you go to them and you, cause I don't know if you had to do this with your program or not, but you have to like fill out this beautiful little what's wrong with me questionnaires. Oh yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) And I'm just like, and if you have any sort of anxieties, like I do, you start going, am I narcoleptic? Do I have anxiety, depression? Am it's I true. paranoid? Am I the, you know, so you get but like. But then you're like, isn't everybody a little paranoid? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, everyone has trouble focusing. Like. Well, and, and what's interesting <laughs> is I've had such trouble with like, I've had crippling. F- Fly is huge. Is there a ghost in your house? <laughs> I've had crippling fear of death my whole life. Mm. And I put that on my intake form. And we never really got to it. And then my dad died. Mm -hmm. And then, so finally, a few months in, my therapist was like, well, you said this on your intake form that you have a crippling fear of death. And now your parent has died. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. I Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I'm less, I'm the least amount of Mm -hmm. afraid of death as I've been in my whole life right now. And I'm like, I don't know why. I don't, so don't question it. It's going I'm well. Like, I'm not going to rock it. I'm not going. Let's not even touch that because I'm fine. So you know, you know, yeah. it doesn't really super matter what's on your intake form. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's like very specific, like eating disorders or well, suicidal thoughts, or you know. I will say, right when because when I got out of college and was a mess, and my mom was like, "Sweetheart, you, you ain't living like this. You're going to therapy." Mm-hmm. Um, I went to magic of insurance mother's insurance at 22 she set the whole thing up and sent me to this one office met this woman kind of briefly did the intake form talk to her her she was a part-time person she was part-time and i was like so she couldn't give me in for like a month and i was just like "Eh, not good Mm -hmm. not good yeah so we switched me to this other person who i'm with who i'm still with now months fine and then she goes you said something on your form about this and i just whoa sobbed oh wow like never been never discussed it never been touched and so So that was the first time she you said it on your form and then she was and it was never brought up and months later barely touched it and you were just like yeah and it unleashed a lot of stuff that 
is now in check for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so intake forms do matter in that sense. But also a good therapist, if you are with somebody or you have your initial consultation well, and, and you're the... not a, a match, they the responsible thing is to direct you to someone mm-hmm. who will better suit you. I guess needs. I had the exact same experience as you and the fact that she's like, you said this on your intake form and we yeah. haven't really talked about it. And I'm like, I'm fine. And you were like, I'm not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the same situation. Yeah. They mentioned but it, was, it. It was on the intake yeah. form. They they read those. They'll read those forms. <laughs> so, yeah, if you have are with somebody and you ain't and it's not right there and they know it's not right, they should direct you. Whether it's within their their practice, if they have a multi therapist mm-hmm. practice, or if they're like, I have a colleague who specializes in this thing, you know, yeah. that's the responsible thing to do as any healthcare professional. Well, and that's what she said because I have some sessions left. I have like ten sessions left on my program that that I have through that job or whatever. And she she said it might be a good idea just. Um, not to get into too much on, on that topic in this session without, cause I don't want to speak without him, but that Ethan, there's been factors in my stuff that involves my partner. I mean, and mm-hmm. that's, that's not a surprise if you're going through death of a parent or going through depression or going through anxiety or going through anything, mm-hmm. it involves your partner. And it, and, and anything like that can put some strain on a relationship Oh yeah, in that way. And we've never, Ethan and I are good. We're good. But she's like, it, you know, it is, it is an opportunity to, they do mm-hmm. couples therapy with this yeah. stuff too. And there, she's like, if you want to discuss it with your partner and I can help you, she said, because I personally think that in person is best for couples therapy. Mm-hmm. So she said that would definitely have to be local for that. So mm-hmm. she's like, I can I can do some research through this program and who works with this program for couples therapy and we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Um, so, yeah, that might be happening at some point, too. But she's like, but also you have me until the end of this time period. Yeah. And I'm just and that makes me a little a little nervous, because if you have a therapist already, you'll go see them. But to have to like to wait until I have an issue again when it like when I need some maintenance and not have a therapist, I'm like, I don't know. It just it, it makes me a little apprehensive. Yeah. But I think you know I've I've done very well with therapy apparently. Yeah. And so I don't have any reason to believe that I won't do well when I need therapy again in a more. On, yeah. you know more ongoing pro- time because i mean we all need therapy at different times for different yeah. reasons and whatever so i'm sure there's going to come a time i have another parent so i guess when she dies i'll need therapy again so <laughs> <laughs> maybe before then maybe i mean if not before <laughs> i just wanted to come to this space with you and talk about therapy because i just i'm you know i it, today was it was surprising and she's like i think you're ready to be graduated. Yeah. So I just wanted to come and do a little do a little maintenance work with my life therapy friend person bestie. I'm not that's qualified. A, to that's be a an odd way to say best friend, life therapy best person. Um but yeah, so good thing you don't have to depend on words for your career. Mm, that's <laughs> Okay, I think I'm going back into therapy. <laughs> So, well, I just love talking about this stuff with you and maybe we'll talk again about stuff like 
this with mental health and everything. Maybe. But Maybe next week at five o'clock when you're like, I need an episode. <laughs> you're telling my secrets. This was planned for weeks and it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So everybody listening, I hope you can stay well. I hope you will wear a mask, wash your hands, stay six feet apart from people. Regardless, if you live in Texas, still put your mask on and require it of the people around you and Florida. Get vaccine. And get the vaccines if you are eligible. So... Thank you for listening, and don't forget to rate and subscribe us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't Bye. join an MLM. <laughs> don't join MLN. MLMs, multi-level marketing schemes. Oh, yeah, that's a good. That's good advice. Don't do that. <laughs> Bye.